Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 1st, 2015. The open conspiracy is all around you. Nothing's really hidden today, you know, and hasn't been hidden for an awful long time. Throughout the 20th century, many top writers put out there by the ruling establishment themselves and often written for each other, since most of the public wouldn't read such uh, thick, uh, dry books, spelled out the agenda and all their concerns of their period and where they would like to take humanity. And if it didn't take charge in a very deep way of humanity and thoughts and speech and culture, where it might end up, which of course is out of their hands, uh, and they couldn't let that happen, could they? So they, they went to work and got all the top philosophers of their day on board with them to work with them, psychologists, behaviorists of all kinds. Now they have neuroscientists added to it and various other techniques too, and sciences to find a way to bring in a culture where the public themselves, through incrementalism and change and planned change, and using the natural instincts of the herd, as they call it, uh, they could bring in a, a new system and get the culture and the people to simply accept it without being fearful of what was actually happening. And one of them I've mentioned so many times, who was pr- rather prolific in his, his writings, his copious writings actually, was Lord Bertrand Russell. And he said that um, right in a, in a, at a time when in the 20th century, so many big movements were underway of isms, like socialism, communism, capitalism, all the isms of the day were on the go to establish their dominance, you see, over all the rest. And he he said basically that there would be a tyranny that was unavoidable for the ruling elite of the, of the day to keep control and not let the lesser isms take over, although they could use techniques from some of the isms which had worked awfully well, like grabbing the children and giving a more scientific indoctrination as they did in the Soviet Union that was later copied by the the Nazi party in Germany. Because it worked worked very, very well, you see. And he said if there's to be a tyranny, then he would want it to be, he personally would want it to be a scientific tyranny. And he said at the time, too, in his own book, he said that, and his lecturers, too, he said that a scientific tyranny would be brutal and merciless, even inhumane, because science has got nothing to do with human emotion or value of morality or anything else. It's just what is, 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 etc., etc., and by using scientific tyranny, they could bring in a world order of control where they wouldn't have to worry about uh, criminals popping up in every generation. Uh, they would be spotted so quickly and even prevented uh, from, from conception, if that matter, or at conception, from going any further, uh, and right down to the breeding programs of all the proper kinds of people to populate the world. And he mused, along with others of his peer group, who were also heavily into eugenics, of course, the blue bloods of his era, uh, that they themselves maybe had the right to to impregnate, impregnate women all over the world and have the right kind of population. In other words, breed out the bad genes 
and have the, the good ones growing up, you see. This is all discussed. Now, if that, in these comments and statements and so on, and that whole theory came different stories like The Handmaid's Handmaid Tale was one book that came out too. So, you've got to understand in all ages, those in power have always spied upon their own people more than any opposition or enemy or country they want to take over to increase their empire. Because if you lose it at home, you have nothing. It'll all fall abroad, or your empire will simply crumble if the center is gone. You see. And so these are these are not new topics at all. They're simply very old and restricted or kept in a certain classes of philosophy, etc., or social sciences, and even what they're taught in those social sciences vary according to the, the type of university you end up going to. More is taught after university to the select few who are let in on the inner secrets and the higher understanding of human nature and all the tests that have been done on large scales and populations uh, for a long, long time. The archives, the real archives, you see. So a scientific dictatorship would be brutal and inhumane, but it would be absolutely necessary to bring it in. And we're in it today. Most don't know it because it can be certainly very brutal, but by using incredibly good psychology and understanding human nature so perfectly, they can make us walk in to our sleep chambers, you might say, through internet and virtual reality or through pharma to help you along and so on. You walk into this pleasantness as you forget that you're being manacled and shackled along the way. Now, a scientific tyranny would not be called that by the general public. It would have many names, many faces, because it's comprised of many agencies and governments and private corporations that are, that are assets and often have more power than the, the governmental organizations. They do a lot more, in fact, because they're not responsible if they get caught at anything to the general public. They can't be voted in or out. And therefore the CIA and MI6 and various other organizations have many, many, many front organizations which they use. Very powerful corporations, too. Because the military-industrial complex is all part of it, too, of course, all owned by the same people, or as far as the major shareholders are concerned. And although you're going through a brutal phase, and it is brutal, because we've been taught to be naive and think through all the movies and so on, that somehow people who, who go into government are more upright and more honest, with more integrity, with a greater value system, and conscience than the general population. A fantastic myth that's been pushed more effectively, I'd say, in the U.S. perhaps than any other country, although many other countries have emulated it too. And when you have a naive population thinking there's good people there, there's good people there looking after me and so on, you tend to go to sleep to an extent. And that's what they want, a naive, believing population believing in the system has been awfully good. Uh, but meanwhile, you'll always have things popping into the paper of important, or at least people in the limelight, having awful accidents and, and just dropping dead and things like that all over the place. That increases as you go into tyranny 
and it increases more and more in an age where so much news is dumped on you, you'll miss the very important things that really matter that might set you wondering about things like why? Wow, that was a strange accident for so-and-so who was complaining about whatever it was the government was up to just a week before and getting publicity, you see. And the real, the real guys at the top in a scientific tourney, and that includes all eavesdropping and snooping electronically and otherwise too, includes all of that. This comes under the, this, because it's all scientific the way it's done today. It's monitoring everyone to see what they say and do and talk about and to see that you're safe. If you're safe, no flags will come up when your name comes up. Safe means you, you like your little world, your bubble. You like your routine inside your bubble. And maybe little hobbies and what you do on a Thursday or a Friday or whatever it happens to be. And you're, you're quite content safely going on the internet and looking at the funny animals page for the day, things like that. And being happy, showing that you're happy. You see, but it isn't that about it that anything else you look at, and, and they've been doing this before nine eleven happened, by the way. But anything else you look at, including a library of books, they want to know why more about you is why you chose certain books that are perhaps informative to someone who's awake or waking up. And back in the nineties. The U.S. and Canada at the same time admitted that their security agencies were collecting lists of books of readers and members of libraries to see what they were reading about, names and addresses and all the rest of it. Because you must be profiled, you see, for, for those in charge to have a safe feeling, uh, so they can sleep well at night, that everyone's safe and sound and won't know too much because you're children. Now, every tyranny and every age, including a lot of the, the main religions, you know, the terminologies all through religions, especially the Western cultures, where you have a, a father god and you are the children. And the father also has prophets and so on who are the spokesmen to the children. And that's how it's couched in those words. That, that Now, what's a child? A child's supposed to grow up. And yet the religions will keep calling you the children of God, even when you have grown up physically. You see, when do you become an adult? And generally, well, you never become an adult. You're still a child of God, you see. In a scientific journey, you must be treated the same way as children. And if you show that you're growing up, you will have come back upon you if you ask the wrong questions. Because you're supposed to have succumbed to your indoctrination and the techniques they use upon you from birth to education and through all the stories you read from kindergarten onwards with the special inserts and how you're supposed to behave and think about certain topics and how you speak about certain topics and all that kind of stuff.
And then you're, you're marked as safe when you believe it all. I've said many times that history truly is brutal. And this technique of what they call civilization and civilizing under its glory of the past and glory of war and conquest, or this glory terminology, you find it civilization uh, on behalf of those who talk about it at the top. But they, how they define it is utterly brutal. Utterly brutal. As they go off to get what they want, which is generally resources and more wealth for themselves to accumulate for their own families so their own progeny can carry on down through time. And that's a sad statement on humanity, but that's the way it really is. I've told people don't to get, not to get angry about this. They have been conned. And lots of folk do get awfully, awfully angry. Awfully angry. When you help to wake them up. Because you see, they want to have this fake world that they're standing on, the fake reality. You know, my feet are on the ground and I'm quite safe feeling and all that. They want you to replace it with something else. Made to measure for them, ready made. So as you pull the old reality out, you, you pop in this new one. So they can feel grounded and safe and secure. And that's not what I do. You see, only you can find your own ground to stand on. Because it's a choice. And everyone has the choice of saying, okay, I'm quite happy with my life. It's not the best. I like to be wealthier and better looking, whatever it happens to be. And not have financial worries, that kind of thing. They, they want, but, but they want to be fairly secure and no one's bothering them and no one's leaning upon them to change their ways or to, 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 or, or to threaten them with anything at all. They want that security because they have decided to be children forever, you see. And all the advertising that's pumped at you your whole life long and what they turn out today as movies are really things that would be designed for children at one time. It's not, it's not throughout the adult population they watch all this stuff and the tears come to their eyes, the right spots. And the anger will, will get well up inside them when they see the bad person doing something wrong. As they're switched on and off, on and off, all these different neurons in their brain, so perfectly. And they're quite content being kept in an infantile stage by people who are more professional and more well-educated, as they're told over and over and over, an expert and particular topics than, and subjects than they are. Therefore, you are a child when you believe that. In some histories, and some Hollywood histories, of course, uh, where they demonize their favorite targets, they'll show you attorneys at work in a fictional form, but they'll show you how anyone who disagrees with the status quo of a tyranny and who voices personal objections to certain things in the system at the time or doesn't praise the great leader or the very government itself 
they're dealt with brutally in such movies. And that, that we know from, from wars, the, the Soviet system and the, the, the Nazi system, that's how it was. And they were not unique, believe you me, because down through history, every government's used these techniques on their people at different times in history, more averted sometimes, more quiet, and, well, more hidden, put that way, in other times in history. And it never changes, unfortunately. But today it's getting worse and worse, in fact, and it'll be an even worse opportunity because no government before had such incredible powers to observe every single person in the nation at the same time every second and minute of every day. And they make what's popular popular because they give you all the little toys and gadgets to enable them to spy on you and to categorize you and to personality profile you with all your hobbies and what you do on a Wednesday and all these things. And what you see in your texting and your emails and your, and your, your chat rooms and so on all managed into the you, the virtual you that they have somewhere in some other computer, where they actually run tests on the virtual you, knowing how you'll react in real life if they put you through the same test. It's perfect tyranny today, even more so since most folk will always be in that time unaware that it is a tyranny. And how beautiful it's worked because most folk don't care, you see. I'm okay, I'm doing nothing wrong. I watch the authorized things, I laugh at the, the, the little puppy dog stories in the, story, in, the, in the newspapers and things like that that they put out there, you see. And they monitor all the folk who, who look into these things as well, with a safe little tick, you see. So compliance is vital to total power. And what better way than to have voluntary compliance where the, where the people know, even the little ideas that float around in the, the sides of their conscious mind, that the things they don't want to look at because they've been trained in the Pavlovian style to shy away from certain topics or certain thoughts or even knowing little quips of information has come their way, they'll shy away from it and try to wipe it out, you know, erase it, because it makes them uncomfortable. That's a Pavlovian response. That means it's working on you. You've been well-trained and indoctrinated with such responses. And the neuroscientists write copiously about this technique which is used to bring up what they call the great, meaning the proper society. And most folk, as I say, are either unaware of it or the benefits, and that's how it really is, the benefits of living in such a society outweigh the negatives. I'm having fun, lots of fun, as long as I have fun, and entertainment supplied constantly to me. And I live in my little bubble of home to work and work to home and occasional little beer in between it or some bar or whatever. And to watch their favorite television shows and to 
scour the internet for basically trivia or things that fascinate them, you know, mysterious mysteries, stuff like that, then they want to be left alone and they don't want to know anything. And that's fine. That's the choice. And everyone has a choice, you see. And unfortunately, most of the opponents to what folks see as the increasing tyranny with the use of anti-terrorism as an excuse for everything and keeping you all safe, it's all been abused. Many and many of them, the top ones, are actually the controlled opposition. Because those at the top never start any part of a plan without debating like a chessboard before it start, the game starts. If I do this, what will the reaction be from them, the populations? Or some will be discontented. Leaders might arrive. Supply the leaders in that case. Start up even organizations. And that's where you have all these NGO organizations so well funded by the tax-exempt foundations. There are simply the tactical wing by using all their think tanks and so on for the planned social changes generation by generation till they get what they want. It's really the never-ending story. See, most folks think there's a final goal somewhere. We're we're short-term thinkers. And we're trained to be short-term thinkers. A great catastrophe. Bang, that's it. The Armageddon syndrome, that, that type of thing. When in reality, an elite that holds on to power does it through generations, generation after generation after generation. And they'll plan what kind of culture and population they'll want for each generation before they're even born. And they even have their think tanks working on the, the blowback from big changes the public might not want so much. How do you deal with this? Well, you steer them as you always steer them. You put out the leaders who speak for you, you know, and uh, you, you give your authority to that person. And that person speaks for me. I agree with them. And as time goes on, you'll see, well, most of it, or maybe some of it, or until you realize the person's going off on a different tangent. Or is this a safety valve for you? who's a couch potato. So it's all been taken care of and thought of, and I'm not being pessimistic about it all. I'm being realistic about it. Never confuse the two. Never confuse the two. This whole push for positive thinking was part of the psychological warfare set out years ago on behalf of the elite and funded by the elite. Disregard the negative. Disregard it. Always look at the positive. You see? Where an entire human, a, a true human being, a total human being, must look at all things positive and negative to everything they do. To avoid yourself trouble down the road. Very simple. Not to play your life away like an irresponsible child. 
And it was all put out there as part of the warfare. Until today, if you just say the plain truth, it was, oh, you're pessimistic. No. I'm not sunk in some depression. Saying woe is me. Or it's all over now, baby blue. I'm saying as it is, you see. I mean, it's a fascinating time to be alive because you're seeing all the forces which are used all down through time, which you're taught to hate as tyrannies. And every generation is taught they've got the greatest governmental system on the planet and the freest country on the planet. And always pointed the fingers to, to other countries and so on. And they haven't stopped doing that and never will stop doing that. Even as you go through changes which would speak volumes to the contrary. If your mind was left untampered with. Soma doesn't have to be a drug that puts you into a happy state. Soma comes from all the Positive little stories that really don't make a difference on anything in your life that you're flooded with on a daily basis. The little ha ha things, or did you know that kind of stuff? Or the fascinating stuff? Could it be life beyond Mars and blah blah blah, you know? The stuff that grabs imagination is very safe to wonder about that kind of stuff because there's no consequence. At all. What's happening here? Everything's been thought of, you see. As I say, remember the chessboard? Here are the moves we want to make. What the repercussions be? Okay, how in advance of it all, even before the first move is made, how in advance of it all do we prepare to counter this particular or that particular or that one over there, that blowback. Set up organizations in advance. Supply the leaders and they'll speak for you. And then they keep their flock, because everyone again becomes a child in a flock, you see. And, and, and they follow the leader round in circles. The war, and, and the UN has said it, by the way, many times, and others have said it, is not upon the masses, it's upon the individual. Individualism has to be eradicated. That's the part they don't like, is the individual. Only, as Charles Galton Darwin said, on behalf of his own class, the elite, he's quite blatant about it, very arrogant, he says, we the, white, the, the, the wild men, we're the wild men, we who rule the world, who plan the future and steer the ship of earth through its course and its destiny. We must remain wild to make instant decisions against catastrophes and avoid them and things like that. But the population doesn't need, they must be tamed out of their wellness, domesticated, and he mentioned that different ways to do it through food, inoculations, and so on, chemicals. 
but they'll be tamed in a docility because all the state will be managing all their affairs for them, right down to social workers and so on. They won't need reasoning faculties. The state will be doing the reasoning for them. But those at the top who have all the data coming from their think tanks must make instant decisions on how to counter possible conflicts on the path to their wonderful future, you see. And that's how it really is. But today we're on the internet, you see. The greatest thing ever developed for spying. And people buy everything and bring them in their homes, all the devices, knowing they're listening to the, you, they're watching you, a lot of them. Yet they even admit they're watching you through their TVs and things. But the docile person is damaged, he doesn't care. Because they, they do know, this is the strange thing about it. They'll say that they don't know what's going on in the world, but they do know that if they just go along with the things which are permissible, they'll be classified as safe and left alone. And therefore they don't mind getting watched. That's the proof that they're good. They're proving to their masters they're good. I'm good. I'm awfully good. Watch me. Now listen to me having a chat with my pal about the Hollywood stars, things like that. All safe topics, you see. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Here's the proof. And that's a individual personal decision. People fought for centuries to be treated as a live, human, individual person to have rights. And one of the top things was the right to personal privacy. And part of it also was not to be watched by the state every darn day. And in one generation, but took preparation from previous generations, step by step by step, they've completely turned it round. But most folk don't mind. I've always likened it to an inoculation. They'll say, well, if inoculation has worked and it's taken, they call it taken, in your body, it's not been rejected. If it's taken and worked, then you're safe then. That's, what, that's how they, they phrase it. That's a whole different topic in reality, of course, but it's the same with your indoctrination has worked as well. If it's taken, then you're safe. But you'll still be monitored. But you won't mind to prove that you're good. As I've said, in times gone by, major religions, which eventually become corrupt themselves, because they get bureaucracies built up with internally, and they alter so much to hold on to power and direct but they can be tyrannical too down the road. And eventually that falls away and some other one takes over. Today, the the path has been led, as we go through a scientific dictatorship or tyranny, 
we have the state and science as the new gods, you see. And they demand instant and complete obedience and will not tolerate anything outside of, of that. You're a child now of science and the state and all the experts involved in it. There's always a God at the top. And many of the top atheists have talked about them bringing in the best kind of world there could be, under their control, of course. And they don't have any ancient writings to go by that gives human dignity any credence whatsoever. So we're, that's what they call, they call it a scientific tyranny. They would be tyrannical. But they say it's all for the good, you see. But you'll have no rights whatsoever, except the right to stay in your little bubble, produce and consume, pay your money and taxes and things and buy things. And, but be good, be good, be a child of the state. And stay in it as a child for your whole life until you die. Because you, you're not, you, you can't and you mustn't be permitted to grow up into adulthood and be independent, especially your thoughts being independent, that is forbidden. And since you're monitored all the time, whether you're being good or not, because even if you're good, who knows what might happen down the road, a stray thought might come your way and take root, and you may become a problem eventually. Every age, in other words, to summarize it all, has its deity, which lays down the law. And you have the interpreters of the deity who manage their country or the nation or the world or empire on behalf of their deity. They manage it all down to the peons or children below. And now, in the age of scientific Tyranny, or management, as they prefer to call it, or governance, you have all the scientists, authorized ones only, of course, who take the big paychecks and go along with each part of their particular part of the agenda, and they'll say whatever is necessary to say, you see. Uh, if you're heretic as a scientist, you, you simply, uh, are, you, you're not heard of again. You won't get a mention in a paper or anything. You're shunned. But we have the scientists on board and the experts to tell us what to do and think and, and give us topics and tell us what to believe. Here's your, here's your conclusion. We'll give you the proper conclusions. And we accept them as the children do since the new state, which is really a front in itself. But the state is now God, you see. And all the ministers, which are experts and scientists, all help to manage it on behalf of the deity, the state, which is ruled by really a few people, very incredibly rich people, who are interlocked with other members across the world and other nations running their particular states, you see. And they're managing it better than any religion could have managed it before because with it they've got instant, instant access to all Data. They can head every 
possible problem of at the pass, as they say, no westerns before it becomes a nuisance. Even when they came out with the internet all over the newspapers, they said that there would be information warfare. And they'd already planned for it all, set up the organizations that would do all the, the, the different top uh, blogging and so on to make sure that everyone was steered off in the right direction and cause no problems. But they could be a safety valve, plus they'd find out who everybody was too and what their particular beef was with the system. It reminds me of the, the Soviet system, which went further than most systems because it survived longer as opposed to, the, say, the Nazi system of Germany. And the, the Soviet system, including their, their satellite countries and the, their, their Eastern Bloc countries, especially with the Stasi, they put a lot of information out uh, and so on from East Germany. And they talk about how citizens would be hired, shills, government shills, trained operatives, and put in factories, for instance, or, or even stores, big stores. And they would come in, be very, very good, good little psychopaths, and be very personable, be liked by everyone, would laugh and joke and seem intelligent and be looked up to. And then they would once in a while insert in certain company uh, something negative about the government or a particular person or leader of the government. And the trick was, here's a dilemma, they knew that those people would become to like such a person. Now we're going to a Pavlovian response, feeling embarrassed, maybe blushing and so on, because they heard the person say this. And according to the law, they should report it. Now if they didn't report it, and eventually they all knew this, because it became so widespread, if they didn't report it, they'd be drawn up because the, the shill would report to his boss, I told so-and-so and so-and-so, and they didn't report it. And so you get pulled up. And for failure to obey the law and report such a person, a subversive, you see, you became a subversive too. And you were either killed or put off to Siberia. Today it's much more easy because we have instant access, as I say, with the toys I've given you. And that's why they called the, the computer initially the personal computer. It throws your off, isn't it? It's mine. And they really said, oh, you have so much privacy on it. And all that guff. Good word, that. It's so underused today. G-U-F-F. Guff. All tricks of the trade of psychology. It's all yours. It's your personal phone, too. You know. But an iPhone has a double meaning, doesn't it? It's not just mean I, me. Anyway, here's an article here. It's from it's from uh, CBC Canada, and it's February twenty six, two thousand fifteen. It says CSE. That's the Canadian spy NSA variation, and in bed with NSA, of course. Maybe even just a department of it, really, as far as I'm concerned today. This is a CSE monitors millions of Canadian emails to government. So Canada's electronic spy agency collects millions of emails from Canadians and stores them for days to months. While trying to filter out malware, 
and other attacks on government computer networks, the CBC News has learned. So right off the bat, they, they give you the spin on the story that rather than go into in depth as to what else it could be, you see. So it's trying to filter out malware and other attacks on government from email that's sent from people in the public. This is their excuse. It's right off the fact and why, as an open democratic society, it doesn't even touch on it, why is it storing general questions or people going into government websites to see what's going on? See, if you're, if you're good and your indoctrination is taken, as I've mentioned before, you won't even be bothered with looking up sites and websites and seeing what they're up to. It's not your job to know what they're up to. You just have things happen and laws pass and vaguely understand the little bits of them and go along with it. So it's a top-secret government uh, or document written by Communication Security Establishment analysts shed new light on the scope of the agency's domestic email collection as part of its mandate to protect government computers. So again, they reiterate really the end of the story at the beginning of the story of what your opinion is going to be as to why they do this, you see. That's how simple it is, but it's all psychology. Now it goes on to talk about this. It says, The CBC analyzed a document in collaboration with a U.S. news site called The Intercept, and the link is on this article here, and I'll put it up tonight for those who want to uh, step over the, <laughs> the safe line and maybe look something up. It says, which obtained it from U.S. National Security Agency whistleblower Edward Snowden, who, could, who, who knows, maybe this guy works for them in the first place, because... There's nothing that's really put out that, that the average person shouldn't. You should know all this stuff. You should know it all. Do you really need someone in a certain capacity to tell you what you already know? So you think about it. Anyway, it says Canada's Electronic Spy Agency watched visits to government websites and collected about 400,000 emails to the government every day, storing some of the data for years, according to the 2010 document, Today's volume is likely much higher given online traffic growth. It says common online activities involving the government include Canadians filing their taxes, writing to members of parliament and applying for passports. The program to protect government servers from hackers, criminals and enemy states is raising questions about the breadth of the collection, the length of retention and how the information could be shared with police and spy partners in other countries. Chris Parsons, an internet security expert, against an expert here, who viewed the document, said there are legitimate purposes for the agency to monitor your communications with the government. But you should be able to communicate with your government without the fear that what you say could come back to haunt you in unexpected ways, says Parsons, a postdoctoral fellow at Citizens Lab, a unit at the University of Toronto's Monk School of Global Affairs. It says, when we collect huge volumes, it's not just used to track bad guys. It goes into data stores for years or months at a time, and then it can be used at any point in the future. The CSE says, specific communications are examined if they are suspected to relate to a cyber threat that could harm government of Canada's systems and networks. It says, uh, 
the automated system sifts through them and detects about 400 potentially suspect emails each day, about 140,000 a year. That system alerts to CSE analysts, who then can take a closer look at the email to see if it poses any threat. You know, it, it's like the Old Testament. If all the, the, the law is written down in there, basically, uh, of the whole judicial system. And it says, out of your own mouth, by your own words, ye are condemned. And you're talking about journey. <laughs> Actually, it's not just forming into places here. And when they start using all this stuff, it'll make the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany look like Boy Scouts with all the data they have on every single person. And they can take anything out of context and vilify you for did you say this? Exactly the same thing as the Stasi came out and admitted as to how they did it in Eastern Germany. So-and-so said this, the plant said this in front of you, and you laughed and agreed, or whatever it happened to be. It's the same thing, folks, but worse. And then they just go on about the, the whole thing about the metadata and the details, who sent it, where and when, and so on and why they must keep it, etc. But really, that's the excuses to stop them from getting hacked, supposedly, or getting malware sent to them, and so on and so on. But I'll put that up tonight for those who care to even look at it. And an article from the British system, same kind of system, and this is uh, going back to 2014. It says the GCHQ, GTRIG, Tools and Techniques for Propaganda and Internet Deception. Uh, we're overloaded with data. This stuff's been out for a long time. Then this is, again, Edward Snowden, it says. Leaked a top-secret GCHQ document which details the operations and techniques used by GTRIG, Unit for Propaganda and Internet Deception. Says the Unit of British GCHQ Intelligence Agency has designed a collection of applications that were used to manipulate for internet deception and surveillance, including the modification of the results of the online polls. The hacking tools have the capability to disseminate fake information for example, artificially increasing the counter of visits for specific websites and can be also used to censor video content judged to be extremist. The set of application remembers me than the NSA catalogue published in December when the Germany's Der Spiegel has revealed another disturbing article on the NSA surveillance. The links are all here and I'll put them up as I said tonight. The document leaked by the TGE media agency was an internal NSA catalogue that offers spies backdoors into a wide range of equipment from major vendors. They're all complicit, all the vendors, folks. I mean, but so are you, aren't you? The existence of the tools was revealed by the last collection of documents leaked by Ritz known. The applications were created by the, the, the GCHQ's Joint Threat Research Intelligent Group, and that's what that GTRIG stands for, and considered one of the most advanced systems for propaganda and internet deception. 
it says the secret unit mentioned for the first time in a collection of documents leaked by Snowden, which described the Rolling Thunder operation the group ran DOS attack against chart rooms used by hacktivists, they said. And it also used fake victim blog posts. Nothing out there is real anymore. You can't take it at face value. And also false flag operations, honey traps, and psychological manipulation to target online activists, monitor visitors to WikiLeaks, and spy on YouTube and Facebook users states that this blog post published on The Intercept. They're all part of it anyway. All these organizations are part of this uh, intelligence network. The post mentions a top-secret GCHQ document called GTRIG Tools and Techniques, and it details operations and the techniques, etc., etc. Many of the tools designed by GTRIG are introduced as in development, but many of them as fully operational, tested, and reliable. It says that this is a document is reserved for internal use, creating it GCHQ agents may have an idea of surveillance and online deception activities, which can be conducted by the intelligence agency. And it goes on and on and on. It says the post provides a complete list of GTRIG capabilities, such as change outcome of online polls, which they call underpass. It can do mass delivery of email messaging to support an information operations campaign, which they call badger. This is who you badger folk. You know, like and dislikes, and you take it off. And mass delivery of SMS messages to support an information operations campaign, which they call Warpath. Disruption of video-based websites hosting extremist content through concerted target discovery and content removal. That's called Silver Lord. Mind you, above them, they'll have gold and platinum, eh? <laughs> I guess if you're in the platinum list, you, you won't be around long. Active Skype capability. This is provisions of real-time call records. Skype out and Skype uh, to Skype. And bi-directional instant messaging. Also contains lists called Miniature Hero. They also find private photographs of targets on Facebook. That's called Spring Bishop. And they have a tool which will permanently disable a target account on the, the computer. So your account will be disabled. That's called Angry Pirate. The ability to artificially increase traffic to a website called Gateway. And the ability to inflate page views on websites called Slipstream. Amplification of a given message, normally video, on popular multimedia websites, such as YouTube, and that's called Gestator. Target denial of service against web thunders, or servers, called Predator's Face. And distributed denial of service using P2P. Built by ICTR, deployed by GTRIG, called Rolling Thunder. They have a suite of tools for monitoring target use of the UK auction site eBay, and it gives you that too. It's called Elate. Elate. They have the ability to spoof any email address and send email under that identity. It's called Changeling. Then you get in trouble, of course, because the folk think it's used on it all. This is for connecting two target phone calls or, or phones together in a call called Imperial Barge. 
they can barge in. The information provided in the presentation confirms the previous revelations on the capabilities of British intelligence. The tools and techniques available at GCHQ are not different from the ones used by NSA and by a secret unit known as TAO. And, of course, the same with the Canadian one as well. This goes on to say that, said in the past, we discussed about Tempora Operation. That was the name of this operation, Tempora. The massive tapping program conducted by Britain's government's communications headquarters, GCHQ, and revealed by the Guardian newspaper, this last revelation on GTRIG's activities shows that British intelligence, like US-1, is working to improve its capabilities of the con- for the control of the Internet and any other channel of communication. GCHQ refused to provide any comment on the revelation. The agency claims that it acts in accordance with a strict legal and policy framework and is subject to rigorous oversight. And naturally they'll say that because they make the laws to allow themselves to do it all. Sad, isn't it? Sad, sad. Very, very sad. And then you can go on to this article. And it's from The Guardian from 2014. Remember this one? Very important for <laughs> to stop people talking. Journalists will be jailed. It might take a year or two or even longer. But journalists and whistleblowers will face prison as a result of the first tranche of national security legislation that was passed in the Senate on Thursday. And they laughed as they did it. And it says, as the coalition, Labour and the Palmer United Party vote in favour of the bill, which dramatically expands the powers of intelligence agencies while creating new offences for disclosing information about the operations they will undertake with these new powers, there was a jovial air in the chamber. It's a bill that makes many broad changes to our intelligence-gathering apparatus. It includes a class of special intelligence operation for Australian Security Intelligence Organization, which is called ASIO, missions, where intelligence officers can gain immunity from using force or committing other offenses. So they're immune. These intelligence officers are completely immune. They cannot commit offenses because they've got complete immunity whatever they do. Reporting of these operations, which could foreseeably lead to situations where a public disclosure would be in the public interest, could land journalists and whistleblowers in jail. And not just journalists, but any person who shares or republishes this material. In addition, harsher penalties are put in place for intelligence whistleblowers who take documents or records and disclose them, partly as a response to disclosures made by the NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. So how would these laws work? We have many examples of intelligence reporting that could be caught within the scope of such an offence. Say, for instance, the bugging of East Timorese leaders during the negotiations with Australians were to have happened today. If it were declared a special intelligence operation, a process which only involves approval from the Attorney General, reporting of the fact this bugging occurred, the details around it, the nature of the surveillance could be caught within the scope of this offence. The same could equally apply for reporting the Indonesian President's phone was targeted by Australian intelligence agencies if it were declared a special operation. 
and that goes on and on and on. See, all the countries are on the same format in this global system, all working together, folks. All working together. And then I'll just touch on this one, this article. It says, um, U.S. travelers are set for the EU biometric dragnets. That was from February the 19th, it says. So they'll adapt to it, mind you, so fast. We always adapt a little by little. Oh, well, okay, you know. And then it's normalized. You see, you must normalize tyranny and give lots of excuses so that the folk themselves will never think of it as tyranny. They adapt into it. It says U.S. citizens and other non-EU nationals who enter Europe will be asked to have their faces image captured and fingerprints scanned upon arrival at a half-dozen major airports. The biometric dragnet is part of a pilot test of the EU's so-called smart borders package. Whenever you hear smart, run away. It's better to be dumb in this instance. Passengers can refuse to give the data for now, but there are plans to eventually make it obligatory. Everything always starts off, uh, you know, voluntary. It always does that to get you all used to it, you know. So I'll put this article up too, and it's a longer article as well. And you can read more of it to the countries that are taking part in the initial voluntary one that's going to be compulsory throughout the whole of Europe. I think some places in the States have it already. It's quite something, isn't it? And tyranny is never ever used. It's avoided at all costs, the word tyranny. Because the the people must never suspect that they're actually under it. So whatever's done is for a good reason to keep you safe from Martian invasions and all that nonsense. Whatever it happens to be, they've got to keep you safe, you know. And to show that your tax money is well spent, keeping you safe. But as I say, from the most ancient dictators and tyrannies to the present, none of them had, until now, the ability of total, total, Information daily, instantly collected on all of us, as they do today. And when they start really, really using it, you might just as well say, God help us all. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, which is still freezing, of course, as we warm up globally, supposedly. And it's fake reality. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.